0: excited for this episode today. We are diving through the energetic theme of worth and value in human design known as the ego center. Ego center really being about self-love self-worth self-esteem how you relate to your worth and your value but it's also the willpower to manipulate right so this center is really about the material world it's very practical it's very hands-on it's very much about uh a core part of how we create our reality right so many of the population about 70 percent of the population have this center undefined or open So it is actually, Ra has uh, been said to, Ra has said that this centre is one of the primary conditioning centers. So in human design, when we look at openness, where we look at why in our chart, this is where we feel the fields, the energy of the field, and we bring in the energy of the fields. And we are conditioned and programmed through this openness to live outside of our natural frequency our natural energetic makeup and try to be something that we're not and not self, right? And so worth and value is something that right from day dot, when we are little ones, we are taught what is worthy, what is valuable. We are taught about this material world and what creates success or makes us good people or influences us in terms of how we relate to, you know, uh, being in this world in, in a way that is right, you know, so we get the the tick boxes of, you know, having to have houses and cars and Degrees and a certain amount in the bank and a share portfolio and all of this amazing stuff to have made it in life. So it's a really incredible center when we look at this. And for those listeners out there that have this defined, then you are one of these people that you actually have an internal radar on worth and value. You're somebody who is very good at seeing worth and value, whether it's in yourself or out in the world, those that are undefined and uh, and open, it's not all bad news. It's not that you are never gonna be able to master this. In fact, you have a deep empathy or sensitivity around learning about this because that's what our openness is all about. It's where we deep dive into getting wisdom around this stuff. And we also have this ability to uh, see through performance um, with the ego center It's really around being able to see past the egoic performances that people put on uh, to try and make themselves worthy and valuable and seeing deeply into the truth of who they are. This centre, as you can tell, is really near and dear to my own heart because it's one of my very few open centres and it's something that, you know, is really something that I bring to every uh, part of my service now in terms of seeing through those layers and getting into people's uh you know natural frequency their fullest expression you know who they are at their core rather than these superficial surface uh levels but in terms of this i have a really amazing guest to talk about her journey through this theme of worth and value somebody who is a complete embodied master in terms of this material plane and how she is uh, been through her life to uh, really get intimate with this theme. And I have Stefania today, all the way from Canada. And Hello, great- Hello. <laughs> Stefania, for those of you uh, HD geeks out there that are really here for that HD stuff, Stefania is a pure generator, sacral generator. She actually only has three defined centers in her system, uh, the sacral, the root, and the splenic center. The rest is undefined, and she has a, a beautiful, fully open head center, so she's got a lot of sensitivity to the field out there, and I think this might come into our conversation today as well. Um She's got a lot of sensitivity to that field, and yet she's a generator. So desire led, uh, really connected into that. She's uh, uh, been riding with me on a, a pretty cool feminine led path. So really tuned into that pussy wisdom and that body, uh, that body knowing and that turn on and that desire that sacral beings, you know, are really here to uh, get in connection with. She's a four six profile, the queen of the village, that beautiful four that's here for that intimate connection um, with people and the quality of life directly relating to the, to the, Uh, the quality of their relationships that they foster and that sixth energy of becoming a wise one, that person that is born knowing that they are here to become an embodied master, a wise one in some way, but having this sensation of like, What the hell? Like, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Because we're the fine wines of the villages that just keep getting better and better and better with age, and it's great to have Stefania on here today as a six. She's, uh, I think, you're 29, babe. Yeah, yeah. So, she's just hitting that Saturn return. You know, just getting ready to let the the three experimenter energy go and start to. Uh, join some of us other sixes up on the roof um, and learn to uh, to change that uh, kind of way of being in the world. So it's really uh, awesome uh, time to have her on here because we can have a little bit of a jam about what that's like. Um, and she has the right angle cross of Eden number four. So somebody who is really here about pulling divinity into the body um, and really taking that ethereal intangible light self and giving it some density and giving it some warmth and giving it some presence in the world. Super excited. Uh, so Stefania, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about you uh, other than your human design. Yeah, I mean, now I feel naked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like all of the things that like are really what I'm here for are really shown in my human design. And as you're, you're te- like telling your audience this, I'm like, oh, wow. Like I I'm literally sweating. <laughs> um, yeah. So hello listeners. Um, and I'm really excited to be here. I've had a reading with Rebecca myself and, you know, human design is, is such a powerful tool when you have it explained in the way that you explain it and you know, just now as you were talking, I'm like reflecting back. I was like, wow, like every part of my life has been about bringing in a particular quality of life and learning from the different qualities of life. And, you know, because I have so many open centers, it's almost like I can play in any realm. Like I'm not attached to any one area. And it's like, that's boded well for me, particularly in the work that I do. And so- For those of you who are like, who the hell is this broad? What does she do? Uh, It's a good question. I'm always figuring that out. Um, (laughs) On one side of my business, uh, I teach a program called Bank, which is all about embodying your innate wealth um, and making sure that your time, money, and energy reflects that. Part of how that program came to be was because for about 10 years, I was working in financial accounting and, and bookkeeping in that entire realm. And I hated it because it wasn't my natural way of expressing. And I was finding myself really bound by the stories and the narratives of finance and finding myself limited by those narratives. And then I decided, well, fuck that. Cause I actually don't think that that's the way that the world works and I can prove it. And then on the other side, I really talk about like the quality of life and like, how is it that you're moving through through your way of being? Are you feeling enchanted by your life? Are you constantly disenchanted? Is it a is it an opportunity for you to really feel harmony, or are you always feeling lost in chaos and out of control in a way that doesn't serve you and your sustainability in this lifetime? So I think that's basically the nutshell of me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There, was so, there were so there were a few things that you said in there that. When I look at your human design, it just makes me smile. Like that Open G Centre is really about like, who am I? I'm constantly working that out. Uh, Such an Open G Centre gift of permission out there for those of you listeners that have an Open G Centre. Like really those questions of who am I and what am I here for? So stifling for you. So you know, contracting for you because you're really here to play around with that. You're really here to learn the multifaceted nature of that. And when we look at Stefania on one side, she's this badass bank babe and then on the other side, she's this gorgeous mossy enchantment, uh, you know, lovely radiant being and she's all of it. She's everything. And I think this is really going to be an amazing uh, conversation around worth and value in terms of Mm -hmm so many of us out there are really taught to focus on worth and value through one lens. And it's actually something that I teach in terms of um, when we look at the human design system and money and money energetics, people that have open ego centers aren't here to focus directly on cash, on making money or making more or manipulating reality to, Uh, you know, create wealth and to thrive and to, you know, get what they want in this material plane. It's an internal job around clearing that center out, around detaching from the programs, uh, the conditioning, the patterning that we have around making that the be all and end all because your magic lives elsewhere, right? And that stuff Mm -hmm. will naturally come to you when you focus on where your magic actually lies. And Stefania and I are, are, are both generators and the magic for us lies in desire. The magic for us lies in you know the physical uh momentum that we put behind our desires with as as having defined roots, and for us trusting our intuitive uh pings to 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 speak to us around what will keep us well and what is wellness in this uh lifetime it's uh you know it's the capacity to thrive we're very gifted uh, in, in the Western world, at least to be able to focus on that. Uh, it's not all about survival anymore. So we have these internal energetics in our definition. And for you, this is where I look at your chart, where is your internal definition? Cause that's what you have to play with, to master, to, to really get in tune with that then allows an open ego center to draw in that material world's, uh, you know, manifestation that is, you know, everything you could possibly desire and more, right? And, um, and obviously, if you have a defined ego center, because you have that definition, you can get out there and actually like play around with manipulating stuff. So you get your hands in the cash, get your hands in amongst the stuff that you love to actually work with to create what you want to create. Um, and and take it from that approach. So, Stefania, tell us a little bit about that time when you were like working deep in finance and it wasn't radiating you and and, and giving you that lit uh, feeling. And and what oh, yeah. happened for you?
1: <laughs> oh, this is this is one of the places that I swear I'm going to be working on, like clearing my resentments out of for like decades, because it was it was so energetically taxing. So, to give you some background, I I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Both my parents like low income, dad didn't graduate high school, mom went back to get her diploma, but both were unable to get well-paying or even moderately decent pay jobs. And so by the time I was 15, it was like I got to get I got to take care of me. And I was so attached to this story because you know, I looked around in my life and I was like, I can't, you know, I had an invitation to do a modeling gig in Alberta and I couldn't do it because my parents couldn't afford it. I was invited to go play soccer in Hawaii. Couldn't do it because my parents couldn't afford it. So everything in my life, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like I can't do anything because my parents are broke (laughs) and it sucked as a teenager. So by the time I was about 14, 15, I got my first job and, and then I was like, fuck it. I will never have to rely on another person ever. I got to tell you, that is not a lit up way to live. <laughs> yeah. And I proceeded to continue that as like my baseline narrative for a number of years. I will not allow another person to stand in my way of giving me what I need. And so end of high school, I was like, what is going to be the most financially sustainable job for me? Okay, I'm going to apply to business school. It wasn't because i liked business school it wasn't because i wanted to be in business school it was like fuck i want to make money and so ironically at the time i would joke around saying that i'm going to business school to become a madam of a brothel and like everyone would laugh because they're like oh you'd be good at that but it was really this like underlying thing of like i can't go into arts because arts make no money i can't go into uh history which i really love history because that makes no money i'm just going to End up being a teacher. And like, there was this way I looked down on everything that made me excited because I had this deep drive to like keep myself contained and safe and have my needs met. So I go into business school and I hate everyone. (laughs) Like, I hated it. I struggled super hard, but I was like, you know what? If this is the way that life's got to be, I'll do it. Now, bearing in mind that my not self strategy is frustration had someone read me my bloody chart when i was 19 i probably would have just given up the bachelor's degree would have went a different route but instead i had like this pioneer approach and immigrant approach from my mom and dad sides of the family frustration is a part of the is a part of
0: the journey oh and isn't that a great so this is like really great so here we meet the first conditioning of the ego center right is like and and for generators in particular there are just parts of life that suck, and you have to do it anyway. You should experience struggle and frustration and hardship because that's life, right? And we get and if it. you don't learn, if you don't learn how to experience frustration, how are you going to survive life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're meeting yeah. this while you're doing your degree. Nobody is there to give you the permission to uh, consider that maybe there's another way.
1: Oh God. No. And it was in, in particularly in business school. And that's all I can speak to. Cause I didn't do any other degree, but there is a, an honor in the struggle. Yeah. Like this, this, oh, like, yeah. oh I studied until 3am last night. And so I was getting jaded and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I need to pay for school because now at this point I'm not doing good in school. Like I failed calculus three times and which is more funny because I teach money, but like I failed calculus three times. I failed economics three times. I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass this degree. And I worked on my bachelor's degree for like 10 years, like slaving away. And I'll tell you like, you know, um, I'll tell you the end right away. I dropped out two classes away from my bachelor's degree completing. So like it took a while for me to go through this frustration process. But then I was like, Okay. So I'm not getting the scholarships. I, I need to be able to go to school. So let me add on the frustration. Cause I'm literally the universe is coming in being like, nope, you didn't get the scholarship. Nope. You didn't get the student loan. And it's like trying to course correct, but I've got this conditioning that I have to make it through the frustration and I have to hustle and I have to grind. If it's not a grind, it's not worth doing. So so I'm like, fuck it
0: up for the, for the, for the listeners out there, what we're experiencing here is, um, Stefania actually using part of her natural energetic gift it's just misaligned it's like an immature expression of it, but she has this channel of energy that joins her splenic center to her root um gate thirty uh, channel thirty two fifty four which is actually the energy of being resilient, of being able to pull yourself up and get through the thing. So you can see how like in a mature expression of this where you're energetically invested into something that you actually desire, it does give you that fortitude to be able to be like, even if I have to be on my knees, I'm willing to go through this, right? And I think we'll probably talk about it a bit later on, but like you've been in that spot over the last few years with me, where we're on our knees, but it's like, it's so true for me to be here. And I can hold myself here and I have the resilience to actually like look this in the eye and, and, and do this. Um, But this is the immature expression of it where you use it to like, you know, resiliently drag yourself through this thing that the universe is frantically trying to course correct you. And you're like, no, I I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. It's like, it's
1: like a racehorse with the blinders on. Yeah. You know, and you're like, just looking at that goal, just looking at that outcome because the outcome is so associated to your worth in the world. Yes. Right. So it's like, if I don't have like, literally this is what everyone was telling me in in university. If you don't, if you don't graduate, you're not going to get a good job. And if you don't graduate, you don't start a startup. You're not going to get anywhere. So keep it bearing in mind, I went into business school and I focused on social innovation. So like the Bay of San Francisco was the Mecca, like that was the ambition. That was the goal. And, and not going to lie, but most people in bachelor school or bachelor's degree for the business with that's the Mecca, they're complete douchebags. And I was one of them Yeah, because that's all I focused on. But then because I was getting course corrected all the time. It was like i had all of these extra layers that i had to carry and barrel through so i was like "Fuck it i'm just gonna get three jobs
0: (laughs) talk about (laughs) this i'm I'm laughing because i'm laughing because so many listeners will be like yeah like isn't that what you have to do right and and like here we are we both stefania and i are like not self-conditioning and programming like seriously uh very much an old era energetic that is very masculine led that is hustle 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 grind 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 linear progression from a to b you know really like using pimping out your life force energy to get right this is what we're talking about here. yeah now totally and what i will say though
1: is because of this will this willpower, this, this force, this drive to go the unaligned direction. There is these very fascinating ways where the universe is like, Oh my God, this bitch is dense. So we're going to force feed her the work in a way that she's going to be totally unconscious to. And so one of the three jobs that I ended up getting was at an actual bank. So I was working at a mom, pa shop. I was working at a bank and I was working as a marketing person for clubs When I tell you that everything I know about wealth happened from that point forward, I'm not lying. So what ended up happening is like, I worked too much, made too much money, couldn't get the student loans. So then I was in this like catch 22, couldn't afford to go to school because I had to be working, but then I had to go to school. It was like super twisted and backwards. Well, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go part-time with school. Then I'll plug away the degree. No big deal. But then as time went forward, you know, I dropped a job and then ultimately I got a job as an accounting person for like this auto group and I got really good at it. I was so good at accounting that the controller ended up giving me like a whole dealership to do the accounting for. And she would get annoyed if anyone else touched my stuff because she's like, Steph does it. She does it right. She does it fast. I don't, I don't care. No one touch her shit, which is like, you get that. You get this ego about you. You're like, yeah, I fucking know my stuff. But keep in mind, I didn't even graduate my bachelor's yet. I was still like working on it one class at a time. But now my career is worth something. My bachelor's degree ain't worth shit. But now I'm like, I could basically run a dealership, the bookkeeping back end. And so as time went on, I got so good at my job that I started getting really bored. Because one of the things that I loved was like, I'm learning things. I'm like discovering things. I'm being challenged more
0: so this is this is a really good point like there was stuff that you loved that you were finding and this is when you're a generator this is really what it's about like sometimes you don't in fact not sometimes pretty much all the time you don't know right you mentally don't know and it's about following this sensation of like i love this the breadcrumbs even though they don't make sense and so stefania's like i really love learning i really love this i really love this and so no matter what your life path has been, you've never actually made a mistake. And this is no <laughs> so great because, I mean, we've talked about it at the start, Steph's a six. She's here to experiment for the first 30 years of her life, make those mistakes, learn oh, boy, from those they make mistakes. <laughs> you know, and, and really, and for threes, they live like this their whole lives, right? Make mistakes, learn from it, make mistakes, learn from it. It's actually... You know, if you give yourself full permission to do that and get rid of all your perfection stuff, then it feels amazing because you're like, fuck, it doesn't even matter what the outcome is because whatever the outcome is, it's perfect because I'm either going to get somewhere or learn something. And so, hooray, win, win, right? And so, as you're talking, I'm feeling these like – and this is really interesting because you have OpenG and Open Ego Center and I can feel like these things getting like – layers and layers and layers of crust to protect them according to like what you you know mentally think that you need which you're open in your head centers as well so it's like in your in your mind is like got no idea and so you're adding <laughs> these layers on you're getting these identities that you think that you need to be to be happy and and successful in the yep. world and yet even in that closing down layering up you're still feeling and finding things for you that are true right totally so so what's great about this is like because
1: there were these spots where I was like totally turned on and lit up when they when I was no longer being totally turned on and lit up because I just got so good I got bored then it was like dead so now I'm like fuck like uh, what do I do? And I got so depressed that my boss pulled me in, in the office and she's like, um, I don't know what it's going to take to make you happy. Hmm. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't think there's anything you can do for that. And I just broke down in tears. And she's like, she's like, I would love to promote you, but we like you're capped because basically with that particular company, people worked for the, for them for like 40, 50 years. And I was like 20 something. I'm like, I don't, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready to settle down yet. I'm not ready. Like I still want to go fuck around. And so I was very much living that three part of my life still. And so I, I shit you not, I was in the conversation with my boss and I was like, you know, mid tears just stopped crying. And I was like, how about this? You replace me. And she looked at me and I was like, you hire someone. I will train them to replace me which is the weirdest way to leave a job. I trust I know this. <laughs> but it was such a beautiful transition and where people always look at me like I'm crazy because I'm like I if I could have left any job like that. That's the way I would have wanted to leave it because it was it was mutually respectful of of me following my path. Yeah. And so within 2 weeks I ended up getting a job at a startup. That was like clicking all the boxes cuz i was like oh my god socially innovative it's helping the world da, 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 da. and i was so excited because i went in thinking that oh i was going to do this entry level startup gig whatever and then suddenly within 2 weeks i was like the financial controller without the title because i had so much technical knowledge i had so much skill that i could i could hang with the startup crowd but also know my shit and so i did that for a number of years and this is where like I say, I, I start to clear my resentments because there's a place, particularly in the world of finance, where you don't really notice it when you're at the administrative level, but when you start to get up into like C-suite level stuff, you recognize
0: how much people don't respect money. See, this is the interesting part of your journey that I, that I really love because people think, oh, I've got to have a defined ego. I've got to have the channel of money. I've got to be, to be good with money. And your relationship with money is one of the most inspiring that I know, because you approach it very, very differently to what we're taught, what we're programmed to relate to money with, right? You teach it uh, from an open ego perspective. And so tell us about what your relationship to money is all about. Yeah. So at the end of the day,
1: I, everything comes back down to reverence, which is if you're into like the gene key side of things, I have a gate of varination, which is like, like when I'm in my stuff, like if I'm in varination, like I'm up, you know, I'm just like top of my game. And so it's really funny that when I was started teaching bank, it was like, there's this sense of reverence and it's, it's deeper than respect. And I was chewing on it for a while. Cause I'm like, when I started the startup job and I became aware of like people who had stupid amounts of money. Like you guys want to shoot the shit about Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Yeah, there's ordinary Joes here who have stupid amounts of money blowing it on left, right and center bullshit things. Who gives a fuck about Twitter being worth $40 billion? Let's talk about the guy who lives in downtown Vancouver buying like three bottles of wine just to impress some friend and there's a way that he just disrespected money all the time and i was now i'm rubbing elbows with these people now i've got to keep up with the joneses in your 20s is, they're broke, in, by the way. In, your in my 20s. 20s
0: so like this is really important yeah, yeah. when we think about open ego open g center like this identity piece right like who do you have to be to rub elbows with these people that have that kind of relationship with money right and, oh, yeah yeah so What's hard though, is like, I didn't have that embodiment.
1: Yeah. I didn't have the kind of embodiment that would disrespect a $20 bill. Like, Oh, whatever. Fuck it. It's just $20 bills because in the startup world, it's like abundance, abundance, abundance. You're having a scarcity mindset. Scarcity is bad. If you have scarcity, you're going to jeopardize your business. Blah, 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 blah. Well, no. See reverence, the deep embodied sense of respect understands the truth in both scarcity and abundance. I will always make another $20. There's no doubt about it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to disrespect this 20 that I have right now. Oh, and, and like oh, in-
0: oh, <laughs> oh, like I just, because this is, this is something like, um, like I'd love to get your take on this. I, I see a lot in the spiritual community, this like praise and this glorification of energy exchange rather than cash. Right. And it's like, you know, I've got gate 18. I'm like, I sense the off note. I sense the thing that's just like needs correcting. And every time I see people, you know, like interacting with energy exchanges or talking about energy exchanges as being like more holy than actually dealing with cash, right? Right. They're like, my off radar goes off and I'm like, oh my God. So, So for this, this
1: is why with bank, I say resources. All about your resources, and there's three resources that people need to be paying attention to simultaneously: money, which is just currency. Meaning, back in caveman days, money was in the form of rocks. Like we always had money; it just took a different form. Yeah. Time, because as much as it is 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 elastic, you only get what you are allotted. So there's a fundamental sense of scarcity. Sorry, babe, you're not going to be immortal. Like your legacy might be, but you in this body at this time, no, never again. Yeah. And then there's energy. Now, what happens though, is when we have a prioritization on one resource over the others, the entire access to wealth dies. This is why people who prioritize energy exchanges, but have zero respect for time or money will never be wealthy.
0: Thank you for that piece. Like that's a very powerful, uh, you know, well, and and
1: the, the, it goes even further because wealth in the traditional sense is like, it's all about money, but wealth isn't that wealth is your ability to afford to live your life. Yeah. You cannot afford to live your life. If you have no time, you cannot afford to live your life. If you have no energy and you certainly can't afford it if you have zero money. So what ends up happening is most of the people when they're participating in energetic exchanges. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I'm so abundant. I have all of this like energy yeah what's your fridge look like dude like why (laughs) why are you not able to afford rent why can't you take care of your family like you have disregarded the other resources which is no different than extracting from the earth and saying it's fine
0: yeah and if I look at this from a like a human design perspective it really limits the amount of like internal radiance that somebody can access when they're uh, because it tends to have this snowball effect of like they can 't actually follow their truest desire or what they you know if you 're if you 're a defined ego center, what you really want or um you know like whatever your authority is like you can 't actually follow it because you 've capped yourself at a certain uh well, value or worth of energy exchange, right? You're not open to to receiving like the actual desire, right? You you've created this limitation for yourself in your system.
1: And think of a, the identity that gets attached to that. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm too good for money. Yeah. I I'm holier than than everyone else because I only do energetic exchanges, or I or even worse, I charge an affordable rate for everybody.
0: Yeah. And so if we so if we look at if we if we look at this in terms of this theme of worth and value and the ego center and I and egoic identities, you know, if I take this out broader, like in human design, I say to people, human design is this great permission for you. So like you get the permission to be a generator, but don't and and we talked about this in another episode as well, but it's like that uh label. Can be it in itself, can put you, you can put yourself into a box with that because you create an egoic identity around that rather than allowing it to be an energetic permission that opens you up and opens you up and opens you up. There is a point yeah. in time where like I don't go around all day, every day thinking about my human design, but every now and again I'll come back to a deeper layer of sinking into something about my human design. Like the permission is waiting for an even deeper exploration. And that's when It's like this agitation to a not-self layer that's like ready to move, right? So if we we talk about this like thing around uh, you and your journey and where you're at at this point where you're rubbing shoulders with these people that have disrespect for their money and they don't have a reverent relationship and your own personal like egoic identity, what was happening for you there? So what's so interesting is like
1: there is this way where you kind of adopt someone else's ego about it. And so like, I remember, you know, I had this like shitty little car. It was great. It, you know, I road tripped with it. It was amazing. But I remember going to dinner with this guy and he's like, oh, we got to get you in a BMW. Guys, if you know me personally, I'm not a BMW girl. Give me a Jeep, get me like, I I need to be able to go road tripping, but I want to be able to carry my dog. Like I don't, I don't need a BMW, but that was the style. And so there was a moment where like I perked up, right? And and could be confused with that's the desire, because there was a light. But that wasn't the thing. Because there was, it was so external to me. It wasn't, it was this guy telling me I should want a BMW rather than like me discovering, oh fuck, I want a BMW. You know, and and so I started to notice that there was this discrepancy between what I internally wanted. Versus what other people were telling me I should want.
0: I think, and so as I, this is a really beautiful a, thing for generators in terms of like yeah. being lit up. It's something that quite often I get talk talk. I talk to people about because they're like, I'm not actually sure what's my desire because our, our egoic patterns will get lit up by things that happen externally because that that's how they survive, right? And like mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about there. It's not an internal desire. It's an external. Uh, you know, energetic grab to keep a, a, a something in your system running, right? So yeah. the 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 thing that I attune people to is like, what's your experience of not getting it? Does the that's desire? A great question. Keep, yeah. What like because that's that's where it like you'll find the truth of it because if you don't get it, if you're not going to get it. If it doesn't like, if your system doesn't stay hungry for it, then it's not a true desire, right? Right. And I think like, so as, as a six, I knew this about relationships, right? Like I had a deep desire for a committed soulmate, divine union kind of partnership. And the ringers that I went through with relationships, that desire never went away. It was a true desire but I had to get into alignment internally with it to manifest it externally, right? You know, if eventually- True desire will irritate the fuck out of you. It will, <laughs> it will. It w- the motherfucker will not leave you alone, right? No. One of, one of my
1: teachers used to say, she's like, if a desire doesn't make you sick, it's not a true desire. Mm-hmm. And, and I do want to preface this, like there's some nuance to that. Don't just listen to this and be like, oh, the desire makes me sick. There is some teachings behind that. But yeah. but what it really says is like, it will it will irritate all of your egoic layers because of the person you have to become um, to have that thing. And so when I started noticing that was like, there's something off about this. I couldn't, I didn't have the words for it. Cause this was, I was just starting my personal growth journey at the time, but I started hearing I basically what I did was I created space between what I was hearing and what I actually knew internally, rather than assuming that what I was hearing was what I needed to know. So how did you create that space? So one, it was actually tapping into my cynicality and like letting, like giving myself permission to not fangirl over the people that everyone else was. That's all I needed was just like that little
0: permission to be like cockeyed a little bit. So with an open ego center, this is like such a common thing in terms of like creating, I mean, pit and pedestal is one way that you can look at this, like people being better or worse than you, instead of having that reverence for self, you know? Totally. Because
1: so what ended up happening was, you know, as I was working at this startup, rubbing elbows with all these people, but also being very aware of their spending habits, because I was seeing how they were treating the business's spending habits. And the first time I really got clear that, wow, these people have no respect for, for resources was <laughs> I did this spreadsheet that like determined how much we were spending with each vendor on our credit card every month. And just cause I wanted to see, and like list out some information and understand our so- software and see if we could get better deals. Like basically when you're in finance, you want to do, your goal is to make the most for the sh- shareholders. Like as a business, you are legally required to create shareholder benefit. And so I'm trying to do that from my side because I'm not responsible for sales. So I'm like, okay, well, can we reassess some of the things we're buying into? And I took the spreadsheet to our uh, COO at the time and she had a conniption fit. She was like, we're spending how much? And I was like, well, are we using the software? And so we, me and her went through the entire list of things that we were using and not using. And the monthly bill went from $16,000 U.S. down to seven. I just want to like, guys, it's like nine grand, right? Is that the math? Nine grand, nine grand gone every month at a startup level. And the issue being is because the abundance mindset was like, you can't cancel things. Just make more money. Canceling things is what scarce people do. And it's like, no. Canceling things is what reverent people do because you know that that money could be better used to hire a really great developer, to hire a really like three new admin people, to hire a good salesperson, because that's what's going to bring you more money, not on fucking software that nobody uses. So at that point, I allowed myself to actually feel my jadedness. And in my particular work, when I talk about like radiance and magic and, and that side of things, jadedness is a potent disenchantment. Because it is very telling and it will invite you back to yourself every single time. And so I let myself be jaded. I gave myself the permission. And I was like, what about this isn't okay for me? Not for the business. Because like at the end of the day, I'm getting paid a salary. They don't give a shit what I have to say because they don't respect me. I was like, oh, I'm disrespecting me by thinking they should. By wanting them to, knowing that they're never going to respect the resources, thinking that they're going to respect me. How disrespectful am I to me? And so what started to break was how my pedestalization of this lifestyle, the startup lifestyle, the bay, flying every other weekend, um, you know, abundance thinking all the time. It That broke for me because I let myself be jaded. But then I allowed, like, I alchemized the jadedness to being like, well, wait a minute. What's true for me
0: then? So this <clears throat> this is really this is really potent as well because like jadedness there's also like uh emotions like guilt, shame, anger uh like these are things that have the, are these like activations to something deeper, right? Mm-hmm. And that and and so I mean you have an open solar plexus center, so uh, f- your emotions and feelings is like feeling the field, but it doesn't mean that you don't have internal emotions when there's something directly to respond to. So it's like mm-hmm. that experience of feeling that way is actually like an invitation to be like, okay, what's actually in this for me? Lots of people get stuck at that layer of being guilty or ashamed or totally. feeling gated. And and like really what that's saying is there's a, a – uh you know, like a a lack of choosing to go deeper. And sometimes that's readiness. Mm -hmm. But for listeners out there, if like this this is where you're at, if you're like listening to this episode and you're like, ooh, I've got some like egoic identity stuff that I'm like trying to match something external to me rather than being with my internal truth and my internal radiance, and you're starting to feel this guilt or this shame or this jadedness or this bitterness, like not self sensations really come up here, frustration, bitterness, anger, you know, just uh, disappointment, whatever it might be. This is the point where we, Steph and I are both inviting you to go into that deeper layer, right? Feel it, feel it for sure, but don't make it the thing. Right. There's something yeah. else in there waiting for you. That's the real goal, the real magic.
1: Yeah. The clarity comes after you felt the emotion. Yeah. Like you've got to go all the way through it. And so, you know, I, I was so pissed. And so what I started doing was I was like, okay, now keep in mind guys, like, yeah, the ego part of me broke being like, well, these people don't fucking respect me. But what didn't break was the part of me that still was attached to proving it. Remember how I said, I started off on the layer of like, I need to take care of me. Yeah. And so that created this like force of will for me to go through hard times. Well, that thing didn't break yet. Yeah. And so instead I just got more committed to my job and I created spreadsheets to prove to them how we were doing financially. And I would go show up to meetings with the board of directors. And like, I would, I would explain everything and I would be faced every single time with like laughter and like, no, you did that wrong. And meanwhile, I'm like, no, I fucking didn't, bro. No, I didn't. And then, but ultimately what happened is we, we went through this experience where we had to let go of people because we couldn't afford it. Now, mind you, this company is doing wonders now. So glad, happy they did. I was there during the shit times that they got to have that honor, that honor story with, but we had to let people go. And what was happening was I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning and leaving work at seven. PM because our team was in New York. I was on the West coast and I needed to be able to pull up different spreadsheets and being like, well, if we do this strategy, this is what the financial impact is going to be. If we do this strategy. It's going to be a financial impact. So now I'm in a place of like, okay, um, now they're trying to respect money, but they have zero reverence for time. And this is when I started to shift away from just focusing on money and, and fit like monetary resources and realize like my fucking time matters, man. And meanwhile, like I would, I would like show up like looking like dead because I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, I told you this was going to happen seven months ago. So now, because you didn't respect it, then you had zero reverence for it then now it's crunch time. So at this point I'm jaded again, but now it's like at the layer of like, oh, this other side of me is not getting respected.
0: Like my actual wellness well, so this is my question for you, right? Like, <clears throat> tell me about the point where this all came to a head, because as a generator, when you're living in in that much like lack of sparkle to your system, when you're exhausted and generators, especially defined root generators can keep hustling, can keep grinding, can keep doing the thing until it's basically like I call it the Mack truck, or you hit the edge of the the amount that the universe will let you drunkenly stagger all over your path. But when you look like you're about to jump off your path, the universe will Mack truck you back into alignment. So tell us about that, because like I don't know. So glad you asked. What for you? Like I'm excited. Yeah, so, so you know
1: cyclically, there was just more and more shit that was making me jaded. Like I was trying to prove myself to get a raise. Cause I'm like, dude, you do not pay me enough. But because my crew, like my particular field wasn't respected, like everything just kept tiling up. And then one day, um, now bear in mind, when I say, what is your embodied innate wealth? It means that your life looks very different than anyone else's. So you can get what you need done. So that also meant that at the time I was willing to live in a garden shed at my grandparents' house. Cause I was like, startup life, man. That's how all startups do things. You know, you go live in a, in a shed or whatever you, you, you hustle through bootstrapping.
0: I'm and- laughing. Cause I know, I know the stuff now of like what she actually desires to receive. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So, so I was living in a
1: garden shed at my grandparents' house and You know, my mom was inside like cooking or something like that. And I walk inside and I go and sit on the couch and my mom comes and sits down and she's like, oh, what do you got going on today? And I just started listing off these things totally disembodied, by the way, it was almost like robotic, like, oh, I'm going to run payroll and then I'm going to send out the documents and then I have to scan this. And then all of a sudden I just like something came over me and I fell to the floor because I was standing like listing all of the things. I fell to the floor and just started crying. Like it just out of nowhere. Here I am like just listing off this like to-do list that I was going to do that day. And then just (laughs) Mack truck me all the way to the floor. And I just started bawling. And I look at my mom and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And she looked at me and like, my family has always seen me as like, I don't cry. My mom still laughs because she's like, now I'm a much more emotional person. And she's like, oh, my God, you're such a crybaby because she's not even used to it. (laughs) Like, I didn't cry for many years. And so the fact that I collapsed in the floor, my grandfather's porcelain tile floor, bawling. And like, it actually felt like nothing in the world made sense anymore, except for the fact that I needed to leave. And so I was like, I just need to I just need to be unemployed for a while. And so I want to say like, that might sound like a very privileged thing to do, but also it's not very privileged to live in a shed for three years. So when you hear people say, I'm willing to go unemployed for a while. Also, I recognize you don't know the circumstances of which allow them to do that. If you're only paying attention to that story. Oh, I'm going to be unemployed because I understand not everyone has that option, but like I was willing to live in a fucking shed for three years. And so at that time, to-
0: at and that even, point, this is really good because this is like, um, you know, like there's a lot of programming around judging people for the choices that they can make, right? Mm-hmm. And that in itself is an egoic identity, and there's something in there, the programming and conditioning for you. So if you, if, if like that hit you, if for listeners, if that hit you, that, uh, you know, that if, if you're somebody who's like, oh, well, you know, g- good for you, you've got the luxury too or uh, if you're somebody who's who ha- didn't even think about the fact that maybe people don't have the luxury to do that or whatever else and now you're in, in a bit of a, a, a guilt or a shame spiral or mm-hmm. whatever, just like really tune into Like this is all egoic programming and conditioning, right? Like there yeah. is so much in our system. We don't actually recognise it because it's norm- normal, right? Like no, everybody totally. has it. The masses yeah. have and it. So-
1: yeah. yeah. So when, when I really just like got into it and my mom's like, yeah, he really can't work there anymore. Like she was shocked. And so, you know, I, I put in my final notice cause this wasn't the first time that I tried to quit, but this was like the nail in the, in the coffin for me. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to be unemployed for a while. Well, jokes on me because when you stop buying the stories that you are sold, it gets very hard not to make money. Even in unaligned ways, it becomes stupid easy. And so it was like, fuck, all I wanted to do was fail for a while. I didn't want to have a job. I just wanted to struggle with money. Like I just wanted to like, just be, and I was like, why can't I fucking fail? I'd have a conversation with someone and they're like, Hey, do you want to make a thousand bucks today building me this software? And I was like, why can't, what? And so for, for, for a whole year, I was like kind of bumbling around, still making crazy good money working way less, mind you, I created like a totally unaligned business, but because I stopped buying the story, like, I want to be very clear. You are sold a story, but you don't have to buy it. Let people be shitty salesmen about their narratives. They have bought It's the world's worst MLM, <laughs> you know, when it comes to like wealth and, and what you're worth. And so I went from, I'm no longer willing to degrade myself by having my career looked down on because it's not the sales side of things. I'm no longer willing to disrespect myself by waking up at three o'clock in the morning, leaving work at seven. And the most respectful or reverent thing I could do is to back away from this company. And then all of a sudden just resources left, right, and center kept coming in. I had more energy. I had more money. I had more time.
0: And, and this is generate a sparkle, right? Like, and you might not have even been sparkling yet, but you were on the path to like following that sacral response that pussy led feminine led desire led feminine led life, and suddenly magic starts to happen and so totally. this is this is for the for people that have this open head like undefined head ajna throat kind of thing, so where your energy isn't about putting your mental uh, you know, thoughts, opinions, beliefs out into the world, to having joined all the mental dots to give something out to the world. This can be really challenging because uh, it comes from the, I don't knows. It comes from the, I didn't even realize that existed. It comes from the complete mystery that is the field. Uh, and so, like for me, this is like the, the very definition of magic is like, I mentally knew nothing about this and here it is. Right. And here it is. Totally.
1: Well, and so it's really interesting. And
0: this is one of my favorite
1: things and why I say like, there's no part of me that regrets any part of my journey. Like, I think I had to go through the cycles of constantly abandoning myself with that company because in the moments that I did come home to me, something happened that stuck. And one of those things was we were at a retreat and you know the startup world and like the bay mindset is just like oh well you shouldn't want to be here in 5 years. You should want to start your own thing and blah 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 blah. And so we were, we were asked where do we want to be in 5 years? And so people were like oh like I want to be a VP of a like of a company. Oh, I want to some people were like oh I want to ch- like switch over to teaching. Like there's just variability all over the place. And then I turn around and they get to me and I was like, I want to work 25% of the time that I do now to cover hundred percent of my costs. Yeah. And the stink guy I got. Oh my God. I listen, I was in a sorority. I know what dirty looks look like, but I will never, ever compare any sorority girl who's full on mean girl mode to <laughs> a CEO who thinks you're being stupid. Let me tell you. And I, I looked at him and I was just like deadpan. I was like, yeah. i are like, whoa. Well, how are you gonna do that? I was like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Flash forward to five years later from that day. My business is making way more than 100 percent of my coughs And I work way less than 25% of the time that I did then.
0: So let's <laughs> let's let's use your human design to say how perfect a manifestation this is. So Stefania has a right-facing bottom uh, personality arrow. That I means she's receptive. She's not meant to know the details. She's not meant to like have a lot of information around her manifestation. She's just got the end manifest. The manifestation is here. How do I feel? What is this? What is this end like spot like for me? Open ego center, not really supposed to be focused on the material. I like, uh, manipulation of the material world, manipulation of situations just to be open to receive what's required. And her job is to get rid of those egoic layers so that it can land. And she's a generator and like following that desire that what, like what turns her on, like, like that, that feeling of like 25% of the time for a hundred percent of my expenses and the turn on in that. And then like let it unfold how it unfolds right so the point the place I want to go to with this is tell the listeners about uh unguarding that heart and that like yes melting the
1: ice cold heart I got it
0: right (laughs) when I first met Stefania Uh, there was like this I mean I I love it and it's I I think you'll tell us that there's still like a truth in it but she's like this mafia boss badass I can totally see us both wearing leather jackets and smoking cigars kind of feel to you but now there's like this whole other expression that comes through you that is so true and so tell us about this Yeah. So because because sometimes at our soul truth is actually really confronting to us. So like the ego layers are actually protecting us from touching truth because we're not ready yet. But like, Mm -hmm. tell us here about this. Mm
1: -hmm. So so the first thing I want to say is like when it comes to your career and money, for me, that's like the easiest place to unwind. And like unwind and detach from the stories about what you're worth, In matters of the heart, not so much. It is so much more personal and so much more intimate and uh, it feels riskier, right? So like, you know, just to to tie the previous story to this one that I'm about to tell, me turning around and saying, I'm gonna work 25% of the time to cover 100% of my costs. That was like a thudding moment of me standing for my worth. Let me tell you how many relationships it took. (laughs) Before I was willing to walk away from toxic sex and trauma bonding. (laughs) So, so, you know, this, this does kind of relate to like, you know, one side created bank and then the other side created enchantment in my love life. You know, since I was, I was 14, there was this way that we, I was told that you don't get to be choosy when it comes to love that, you know, it just happens. You find the person and then you feel the sparks and you feel all this. And I don't feel sparks. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm broken. I don't know how to love. And then so there would be people I would have like crushes on. But I didn't know what the fuck chemistry was aside from like school. And so I would have one relationship and I'm like, yeah, this isn't it. Like I could I couldn't feel anything. And then as time would go on, I would like sleep with really hot guys and date the good guy and people laugh because they're like well that's kind of that's great because that means your relationships were really healthy it's like no because I didn't love the good guy and I didn't love the the hot guy I was just moving through life totally unattached totally disassociated actually and so by the time I got to college you know I was doing the college thing being promiscuous because I was really into sex and I remember getting slut shamed for the very first time. Cause up until that point, no one knew my sex life. I kept it very private. Cause like, I could tell, like, I didn't really feel anything for these people. So I was like, I don't want to be that person that hurts everyone deliberately, you know? And so I got to college, I got called, called a slut. And I was like, oh my God, am I a slut? Taking this external reference point to judge and assess myself based on someone I never wanted to be like if someone I wanted to be called me a slut, I think it would have hurt in a different way. But the fact that this was not someone I respected, admired, wanted to be like calling me a slut. And I took it so personally shifted so much. So then throughout college, you know, I had one really great relationship, but I was, I was terrified at that point. I was like, I can't be myself. If I tell this guy how much I like sex Then he's going to think I'm a slut. He's not going to date me anymore. Like, that's a problem. So I didn't even show up fully to that relationship because I was so terrified of this title. And then what would happen is I, you know, in the feminist world, it's like, well, I'm going to take that title back. And in turn, I still carried the story that no one would love me if I'm a slut. And so I went to the guys who would love me if I was a slut. And guess what? Oh my God. It was like, I liked being an abused puppy.
0: Yeah.
1: So I had such low self-esteem, such low self-worth that every, every relationship, everything they would say, everything they would do. If I would do something and they got upset, everything affected me, everything was inflaming my system. And so I became a shell of a woman in hopes that maybe I would live in a way that wouldn't have them respond to me that would make me feel even smaller. And there was probably like four or five relationships where one, I found out after we ended that they were married. One, I found out after we ended that they were in a relationship with someone else. One that they lied to me about their entire job and their career One that told me that they loved me and they wanted to move in with me. And they didn't even, there wasn't even their house that we went to. There was just all of these crazy wild stories that just kept putting these shells of ice. Like, oh, fuck. Okay. Let's not let that hurt me ever again. Let's not let that hurt me ever again. And it didn't matter what personal growth work I was doing at the time. My heart was so ice cold that like, you couldn't say anything to me without me being a stoic little bitch.
0: again that that resilience in your in your system right and this is this is really interesting because actually all of these manifestations is like kind of like your your innermost cleanest soul self trying to get yourself to see that you are worthy and valuable and you know so like it keeps ramping the volume of this stuff up You know,
1: ramping the volume is exactly the best word. I think it's it's like everyone got crazier. I
0: went, I went halfway around the world for a man who then like my ultimate fear was being rejected. And I just kept picking men that would reject me and reject me and reject me because in internally the the program I was carrying was like, I'm not worth that much. And so I'm going to get rejected. And so I literally moved halfway around the world to start a relationship with a man who then like disappeared and told me nothing, like just magically disappeared and abandoned me in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language and I'd, you know, taken this high-flying risk to be there and it was that Mm. moment of like I finally saw what my soul was trying to show me, which was like, have some self-worth. This is not okay, right?
1: And this comes back to like in the moments you feel jaded, it's an invitation to come back to yourself. And so there I was totally jaded about love, totally jaded about men, disconnected from my body because being in my body hurt yeah. every time I was in my body, my heart. got <clears hurt. throat> And so yeah. rather than protecting my heart, being like, oh, wow, how fucking dare you do that? We're never going to do that again because I'm going to protect my heart. I was like, oh, I'm going to leave my heart. That way I never have to feel the pain. It didn't mean that my heart wasn't getting hurt. It just meant that I wasn't present to feeling it. Yeah. And so (laughs) to be honest, I only cut this cycle like uh, maybe two months ago. Yeah. When I got, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and I, I, like I was talking to her and again, it was like the same Mack truck moment where all of a sudden something came in and it was like (laughs) smacked me. And I was like, oh my fucking God. He's so disrespecting me and I'm disrespecting myself by accepting it. So I I found this pocket where I was so good at finding someone's method to their madness. And this ties back into everything I teach in bank around reverence of resources, because reverence is not logical. It is it is irrefutable. It's something that lives so deep in your body that it just is. But respect I can logic you into respecting something. And so I realized that when it came to this interaction with this guy, I had respect because I understood the method to his madness of why he was disrespecting me. But in turn, I didn't have reverence for myself. And just seeing and like acknowledging how disrespected I was feeling allowed me to see the spots where it was like, oh, this is where I'm doing it. Like the fact that I would text the guy after he ghosted me, like what, what on earth, why would I waste my energy, my time doing that if I really respected myself? And so,
0: you know, so so the thing I want to ask you is like, because I mean, there's lots of kind of, uh, people out there that are teaching like money and sex uh, or love and and money are like intertwined interconnected you know it's that whole like uh you know our energetic pathways are like if you you can't like leave one part clogged and expect the rest to you know work okay too right like it's like a, yeah. a full package and I mean even when we talk about human design I'm like you can't take one thing and and make that the be-all and end-all because it's the whole system. Like every generator is set up differently. That's why we're all unique. Even though 70% of the world have a sacral, it doesn't, it's not that simple. You and I are two completely different types of generators. So tell me what happened, like you said, this, this like thud, this clunk in terms of like really feeling that reverence for yourself was only a couple of months ago. Tell me about what that's done in terms of like this, uh, this dream that you had of 25% of my time for 100% of my expenses and this journey that you've been on with that. Yeah, so, so first thing I want to say is like, I've had
1: that thud probably a dozen times in different ways. And sometimes the thud was like, wow, I'm done with this person the most recent thud was I'm done with this pattern. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done doing that. And so what also happened is this past January, I got COVID and the pattern for me was again, that, that willpower drive, like, let me just be so resilient. I kept working. And then there was like a thud. it's like, no, I'm done with the overworking pattern. And I did nothing. For February and March. I didn't take a sales call. All I did was repost old content. Like that was it. Yep. April came and I got six clients, like out of the blue. And I was like, where did you come from? Because I didn't actively promote anything. I didn't, you know, market myself. The it was like the less that I did, the more money that I made. And I was making pretty good money before that, right? But there was this incessant need to like, I need to be making more. I need to be making more. I need to be making more. I need to prove myself. And that was actually detracting from my ability to stay lit up, which would attract everyone anyways. Mm. And so that thud of like, I'm done with this pattern was so important. And, you know, and I want to speak to the fact that you're like, yeah, you can't really separate love and money. So funny that you say that. Cause literally today I was talking to one of the members of bank and I was like, when you start to heal up the pattern in one area, it just gets louder in the other yeah. because you haven't, you haven't actually tied them together. And so, you know, and like, so if you have an addiction pattern around money, right? Like, let's say you have a shopping compulsion and you're like, oh, I've healed my shopping compulsion. All of a sudden Dick is the greatest fucking thing out there. Yeah. Or, or pussy, depending on which team you play for. Right. Or yeah. the many teams that you play for. Cause you're on whatever roster and it just becomes this thing that you're fascinated by. And it becomes the new addiction because the pattern actually doesn't change. All it did was change the resource of which it lives. So before it was living in money. Now it's going to be living in time and energy. Yes. Because again, wealth is the dynamic of all three resources. So if you have one area that's healing, but you're not bothering with the other two, that's where it's going to be a mess coming back to those who are like, oh, energy exchange. Yeah. But your money game is fucking
0: shit. You're, you have zero reverence for time. You're always bloody late. Like, (laughs) well, the, the thing that I see around the, like the energy exchange people is that they are investing so much of their life force energy into keeping the other parts of their life going, you know? So like they, you know, and I watch, I watch the manifestations occur. Like they, you know, their rent goes up or they, they're constantly having to ask people, can they borrow cars or do something or whatever else? Cause they haven't got the cash or, and so then, and then suddenly their time is swallowed up. And so yep. it's exactly what you say. It's like the, it's, it's the, you can't just uh, expect that you can tidy up this and everything will magically be great. There's actually like that yeah. pattern repeating in all sorts of different places that are going to yeah. get louder. Now, Totally. The really, so I mean, this conversation has been amazing because we have touched on so many of the stuff that happens in this ego center around worth and value, you know, like proving yourself, rejection, abandonment, you know, hierarchical mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, interactions and connections with people, um, this, you know, masculine hustle and more is better and all of this sort of stuff that has mm-hmm. come back if you were going to like land in like Steph today and where she's at and what she believes around worth and value, I mean, you've mm. talked about reverence and you've talked about like kind of like coming to this clunk of this pattern ending. Like what, it, what is this uh, spot for you in terms of like what is the truth in worth and value for you Today. Today
1: the when I feel my most worthy like when I feel my most in alignment it's the same feeling like my worth is really determined on how easily I'm willing to get in alignment with my life and allow life to match me there yeah you know like even in the last month, my life has changed so much, like so much. Like I, I crossed a financial ceiling in my business check. Like, okay, cool. I've done way less working in my business, you know, move people over to membership. Some people came into one-on-ones like I've, I've molded my business so I could be working less and energetically, like I'm actually way more available to be of service to people because I'm financially well taken care of, because I'm temporally well balanced. And I think really at the end of the day, when you have something like reverence, you know, the two things that I serve most often is reverence and radiance. It's like the same thing. When I have reverence, there is no, there's no ch- extra charge. It's not positive or negative. It's like, it's such a deep embodied sense of respect for my life that I only ever want to be in what makes me glow. And when I glow, I'm willing to let things go rather than being attached and having to like grit myself through them. And when I glow anything that requires the extra grit, not effort and responsibility, that's different, but the extra, the drama that requires the drama of my life force. It's not worth it for me because the payoff is so, so small and it doesn't last anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that this, this is beautiful because I know that when I sink into worth and value, I'm like, for me, the the killer of worth and value is when you compromise, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like then we can bring in a whole conversation around boundaries and all of that sort of stuff. But it's really like <clears throat> it's that like uh, and, and if we look at this in terms of like uh, energetics around living in, in scarcity in survival mode or living in an energetic that is opening to surrendering into trusting more and therefore inviting in the capacity to thrive, to go beyond what you mentally know. This is really like when you compromise, you're saying, I don't trust. And so you're Mm -hmm. automatically switching into this, like survival patterning of like, I need to have control here. Right. I need to have Um,
1: control. I need to prove I need to, I need to do, it's like, it's that actions. I need need to do something. Yeah. Outside of myself, you know, and like self-worth for me and and the way that I relate to it is that it's a spiral. Like you're only going to get deeper and deeper levels to it. You're never going to get to the bottom. So it's not like, Oh, I'm worthy now. It's like, no, I'm far more embodied in my worth than I was yesterday. Yeah. And as long as that is always the true statement ever each and every day, then you're only going to feel more and more aligned because that's really what the expression of wealth is. It's like, how aligned am I? Because in your alignment, you have to be resourced. Yeah. And so we don't want to disrespect any resource because we want to continue being in alignment. The moment that I disrespect my time, I'm out of alignment. Right. Because I'm not respecting myself. Yeah. The moment I disrespect my money, like give 10,000 people free like readings. It's like, oh, well now I can't afford a house. Like, you know, like I can't afford to live at any point in time when I am not totally rooted in myself. I'm not centered. I'm not in my energetic alignment. It is pulling me away. And when it's pulling me away, that's an invitation to come back.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful. That's a really beautiful way to describe that. And then for those of you out there who have defined egos, it's it's the same thing for you. Like there t- tends to be people with defined egos and the proving and the and that you know rejection and that um abandonment is still there. It just takes different forms. So it's quite often like that that because it's inbuilt into you and it's like your energy to master and uh and and gift out into the world that you limit yourself, right? So the proving tends to be like, oh, I need evidence to prove that I am, you know, I have mastery around this, that I have some level of, um, <clears throat> you know, worth and value here. And so it becomes that, you know, uh, when we bring it back to Goic identity, it comes back to that too muchness, uh, you know, the the channels in this, um in 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 the ego center are really around this ability to be amazing with uh, you know material resources and manipulating material resources and be competitive and actually inspire other people to fucking play the game of life instead of just. Mm-hmm you know, everybody gets a prize just for showing up kind of oh, yeah, energy, right? <laughs> like, you know, and, and more like you're, you're incredible at creating uh sustainable communities, not flash in the pan, you know, we're an amazing group for a little while and then it all falls in a fucking heap, you know, like this is what you're good at. And so if you're somebody out there with a defined ego, it's like, Really check in with where are you not valuing your own level of skill, your own energetic gifts, your own mastery that you've achieved to date, whatever that may be, you know, and you're overly hung up on, oh, I could be better or I could be more Mm -hmm. or I could be greater and I need to like, you know, get into that uh, rather than just being really sinking into the spot that you're in now. I,
1: I love that. I love that for even more expansive reasons. And I'm sure you probably say this about every center, but it's like when I was focused on having more of a defined will, when I have an open will, I was totally dismissing what I have defined. Yeah, Like I was dismissing my magic in attempt to be more of something that wasn't true to my nature. Yeah. And so like what I'm hearing you say, it's like, just be true to what the nature is. Yeah. And like, When you are in that alignment, the material world has to match. And what I mean by that is like, you know, when I say embody your innate wealth, it's understanding that like not everybody wants to go live off grid, but some people do. Hmm. And so for those who want to live off grid, because that's true for their nature, the resources to do so will be available as long as that's actually true for them. If you, if your innate wealth is to be in a, in a penthouse suite, and I'm not talking about like your egoic idea of wealth, but what it actually means to be wealthy for you. If it's meant to be in a penthouse suite, you'll have the resources to do it. If it's meant to be off-grid, you'll have the resources to do it because your alignment allows all of those things to kind of be pulled in. So your attention can be on them and, you know, take it from me. My life is always fucking weird. Like I'm going from a house in the middle of rural Canada to downtown Montreal in a matter of a month and a half, because the other side of wealth is that it's not static. Yeah, it is so fluid and it's so dynamic that you have to be willing to like release any egoic idea about what it needs to look like, because if you have an attachment of what it needs to look like, it also means that you're probably going to shut down all of the ways that the universe is trying to serve you. And in that way, that attachment also says, well, I should know better
0: than the universe. This is how it's organized. And it's like, wow, that's that's bold. It's bold, yeah. Cotton. <laughs> this is something that I quite often say in readings when we look at the ego center. There are four gates in the ego center. They all go to other centers. Like it's such a nexus for energy to move through and, and none of them are connected to the mind, right? So it's really like our relationship to worth and value and, you know, our our connection to that inner love stuff that goes on for us and, you know, money and all of those things is really like beyond the mind. We can't mentally choose this stuff. We have to feel it in our bodies, right? And that's where like an embodiment journey for you that's like really led you into this spot of like, opening back up to be able to actually be in your body with your heart open and to have this uh, relationship with, you know, uh, reverence and radiance and your innate wealth, your embodied wealth is like such a gift out into the field for people. Um, And, you know, here you are at the end of that experiment getting ready to go up on the roof and connect, collect a whole bunch more wisdom around this stuff in completely different ways. I'm so excited for like uh, watching what unfolds for you over the next few years. It's going to be wild, right?
1: Oh my God, it's going to be nuts. I mean, it already has been nuts. Like my Saturn return started in January and... (laughs) I think like the day of my Saturn return, my mentor gave me like four or five strokes to like, just go down. And it was like getting beat up energetically by, by everything. And I was like, oh, and then I got COVID and then, you know, I was freaked out about money and then I just surrendered. And then this entire journey has been about like, how much can I surrender and just receive what's mine to receive from a place of like alignment and, you know, to bring it back, like this is a self-love thing. Like, is it really loving of myself to abuse my body? No. Is it really a loving of myself to never get rest? No. Is it really loving of myself to be broke? Absolutely not. Like, and, and most people, rather than love themselves more and make sure that they have the resources that they need for the life that they did actually desire, they go, no, thank you. I don't want any of that. I'll just tolerate the life that I have and be so righteous about it that at the end of my life, at least I can sell the story that i bought to someone else yeah
0: and i mean such a for and and the other thing i want to add just to to wrap this up for listeners is like this is no small game this like deconditioning and deprogramming from the ego center stuff right so like i'm feeling like right now i'm like whoa, like I'm I'm hoping the listeners can digest everything that we've discussed in here. And because there's probably a lot in here for people to feel to be activated by, you know, like, don't let your mind get really tangled up in, you know, your own personal spot right now, but just like feel it, let it digest, let it in. Um, This is, you know, this sort of stuff is you know, we're playing long games when we look at Mm -hmm. ego center stuff, right? And like Stefania's uh, just started her next seven year cycle. So I love the way that human design actually looks at the Saturn return. Saturn return starts at the start of a, a new seven year cycle. And so rather than the Saturn return being this like traumatic, you know, kind of like, oh, your life just suddenly exploded in human design, we say, well, from 29 to 35, you're actually like, climbing that ladder to get onto the roof, right? And you can take your time and you can learn all sorts of stuff around a- along the way. And you can let things go that don't apply anymore along the way. And it becomes this really great adventure into by the time you hit 35, you're like comfortably set up on the roof in in whatever way that looks good for you. And, you know, you are settled in for the next seven year cycle, right? Which I'm in right now, which is just like so juicy. So, you know. For for listeners right now, if this episode is like done all sorts of things to you, like just go and have a cup of tea, lie down, breathe, breathe, smile, be like, okay, well, like I know what my long game looks like, right? Long game being like the key point here because this is generational. Ego center stuff is not just our lifetime. It's like stuff that's been carried through 400 year, you know, Uh, cross of planning collective energy you know that's just how we've taught Mm -hmm. to be in the world Um, and that's all disintegrating right now we're seeing it everywhere like yeah our, our collective way of being is in a giant you know death process and we're going to learn a new way of being and we're you know we're the ones we're the crazy ones that put our hand up uh you know and said, "Yep, I'll, I'll, I'll take a vessel, thanks, and and be here for that transition. So, like, you know, go slow, go gentle, and and um, you know, be uh, in tune with the fact that you're innately wealthy, all right, mm-hmm. whether you have connection to it or not." Steph, where can listeners find you and what have you got on offer uh, oh my God. that they can, you know, engage with you more deeply with? Totally.
1: So, so there's always different paths. So really like the first thing is like, do you want to deal with money or sex kind of conversation? Like which one do you want to look at first? Um, if you're looking at the world of money and resources, so those time, money and energy specifically, there is bank. Bank is a membership container, but you don't have to dive right into membership at first. You can find me at bank dot membership on Instagram there's all of like my sassy side that kind of comes out there um really it's about reverence and responsibility so really looking at what is it going to be like for you to embody someone who truly loves and respects their deepest self instead of the stories that they've bought into um this every month i host an event called vault which is an embodiment journey it's a great opportunity for you to Experience bank without membership, but it is a cheekier version of my work because we go into archetypal stuff. So this month we're actually looking at, um, sorry, like last couple of months we've looked at the trust fund baby, we've looked at the inner workhorse, we're looking at the financial fuck boy who's got all kinds of financial avoidance and fair of finan- wealth intimacy issues, um, looking at financial obsession through the fan girl. Like using these archetypes to really explore our own relationships to wealth and make it much more intimate and personal. Um, You can find me on Instagram, message me, and we can just chat from there. If you are in the world of like, yo, I've got a real hard, frozen heart and I want to access the magic inside of it, that is going to be the space of enchantment where we really look at the difference between your surface identity and what's really boiling underneath and seeing if we can actually crack from the inside out what is in the way and have you begin showing up more in your harmony, in your radiance and in your rapture in your every single day life. So if that's the journey for you, you can find me at my personal Instagram account, um, at Stefania Maria. So that's S T E F A N I A M A R I A A um, on Instagram. Just send me a DM, just be like, Hey, listened to the podcast you fucked me up because you said this, but I really loved this. Uh, I love to hear it all. And then we can go from there. I mean, honestly, there's so many different ways for people to work with me that it just depends on what journey they want. I'm here to serve the deepest thing. And so whether it's you go through the money route, you go through the, the love and the heart stuff, or you're just like, I need it all. I need private coaching. That's down too. So
0: send me a message on any platform ultimately, but that's your best bet. That's great. Thank you, Steph, and like all the women that are joining me for these podcasts that I really love, uh, these medicine women are really embodied and, uh, you know, they're they're really uh, living their medicine that they give out into the world. So I highly recommend if anything in this has activated in you, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Just get in contact and and follow the breadcrumbs. Um, that's really the best way for uh Finding that real potent coming home to self work is really to feel it, not think about it. Um, And of course, if you've got any questions for me on HD, you know where to find me because you found this. So, um, and I'll link everything in the comments. So I'm so stoked to have had you on, Steph. This is a big juicy episode so I encourage everybody to digest well and yeah I just enjoy hanging out with you and listening to all of your magic you're just such a a a gem like so special to me so thank you so much
1: well thank you for having me this is I I love shooting the shit about stuff and like hearing your perspective on HD only helps me solidify more of mine And so like being able to draw the parallels between open and defined centers, the different gates that are open and connected. And I think it's so important that when we have these kinds of conversations that we bring the openness that you offer, because everyone else treats it like it's a rule book and you're just like, no, it's an invitation.
0: (laughs) I know. It it makes me laugh, this system that's supposed to like free you from uh, conformity and you know, boxes and things like that actually then becomes like every time I hear a human design reader being like, well, you're a generator, so you should. And I'm like, mm, more like you you can play around with it if, if, if it calls to you, right? Like it's all about readiness. And I think that's why I'm like, if anything in this pings for anyone, don't think about it. You know, that ping is the readiness in your system that there's something waiting for you, even if it's just a conversation, you know, it, it's not like uh you know it can be it can feel scary to make that move but sometimes just finding the courage to make that first move and make contact is the medicine that you need right so I really you know I encourage you to stand on the cliff and jump if that's you thank you so much Steph um it's been a pleasure. I can feel it. I- Oh, I believe it. Believe it. Yeah, there's something going on.